The sponsor for the Shepherd's Crook podcast for the month of April is Media Gratier. Media Gratier is a nonprofit Christian publisher and filmmaker producing documentaries and multimedia Bible study curriculum with the emphasis on the means of grace and church history. You can visit mediagratier.org or themeansofgrace.org and see the documentaries they've created and are distributing like The American Gospel, Through the Eyes of Spurgeon, and Logic on Fire, The Life and Legacy of Martin Lloyd-Jones. Also great for small groups or Sunday schools, family worship, or individual study is their 12-week multimedia Bible study series, Behold Your God. These series are made up of two components that work together, a 13-week DVD set and a 12-week daily devotional workbook that has each participant in the scriptures on their own during the week. At the end of the week, the group gathers and watches one of the 13 DVDs together and then discusses the work they've done in the scriptures that week. Each DVD is made up of three parts, a historical introduction shot on location in England, Scotland, Wales are up the east coast of New England, highlighting a figure in church history whose lives illustrate the subject we're studying that week. Then there's a half-hour sermon from Dr. John Snyder, the series author. And finally, there's application points made from men like Paul Washer, Steve Lawson, Ian Hamilton, Sinclair Ferguson, Conrad Mbiwi, and many more. Take a look at themeansofgrace.org for much more on Behold Your God Bible Study series. And while you're there, be sure and check out and listen to the Behold Your God podcast that goes up each week with Dr. John Snyder and Media Gratier director Matthew Robinson. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to another episode of the Shepherd's Crook podcast. Here we are. It's episode 38. I hope you're having a good morning. I am. I'm sipping on my Crown Brew coffee and just looking through these notes, excited to talk to you about pastoral counseling again. We're going to do a part two. And then I've got lined up a part three. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning, for your grace that's upon us right now. Each of these men listening are going to have to be involved in pastoral counseling. It's a part of our call. We're going to be sitting in a room with married couples that are struggling. Or sitting with somebody who is addicted. Or is in pain, who's been sinned against. And we're going to be in situation after situation over and over again, where we simply don't have the words, where we will be dependent upon you to give wisdom and insight, give us ears to listen, and empathy to pray, and cry if need be, celebrate if need be, help us to listen well, and then bring the best, most godly, biblical counsel we can bring to anybody who comes to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you don't know, I've been a part of pastoral counseling for 10 years or so, giving pastoral counsel. I've been working with pastors, working with individuals of churches, church members, and then formally as a biblical counselor at a counseling center a couple years ago. And I started to see some patterns over the years that I think could be helpful for you as you begin to navigate pastoral counseling situations. And I just wanted to share them with you this morning. And for me, I've been able to frame this up in a way that's helpful. It's kind of given me handles on Uh, assessing both guilt and shame. And what I want to talk to you about is guilt and shame confusion. Guilt and shame confusion. So some of the patterns that I began to see 
uh, primarily as I worked at the counseling center, is that people would feel guilty for things they shouldn't feel guilty for, and they felt shame for things they couldn't feel shouldn't feel shame for. Okay, for instance, somebody came in and they had been a victim of some sort of uh, abuse. And what I saw with, with people is that they felt guilt and shame about being sinned against. And they couldn't shake it. They knew they shouldn't feel guilt and shame about that. It was upside down and backwards. But that's what was happening. Person after person feeling guilty for things that they should not feel guilty for. They needed freedom from. They needed healing from. But they were feeling guilt. And then the same sorts of people I noticed... Because the, the culture within counseling can so often be, and the kind of mantra that, that is shared over and over again is that hurt people hurt people. And there's an extent that that is true, where, where hurt perpetuates hurt. Where if people, you know, bury their hurt and never talk about it, or their pain, or their uh, victimization, if they never get down to the bottom of it, or the root of it, if they never meet Jesus, if they never address it head on, then it can be perpetuated. But what I saw is that people who were feeling guilty about things they shouldn't feel guilty about, weren't taking responsibility for things they should be taking responsibility for. So there was confusion there. The lines were blurred. And so sin, hurting other people, was excused because, after all, I'm a victim. Now, what is a possible way forward? Because you can see the predicament. People who really are in pain, really are in difficult situations, and then are extending their hurt because they don't know how to assess it. I mean, you can really be empathetic toward folks like this. But I just want you to be aware because I think you're going to bump into this as well because the human condition is the human condition no matter where you are. If you're in southern Illinois, if you're in northern California, if you're in southern Florida or in Alaska or across the globe, people are dealing with the same sorts of things because people are always going to be sinned against and then people are always going to try to make excuses for their own sin. And a place for people to stay for the rest of their life is in that place of victimhood because they don't know how to take responsibility or don't know what they should be taking responsibility for, and they carry this burden with them, this heavy burden with them of things they shouldn't be carrying. So there's just there's a mess. There's just so many knots that need to be untied. So first, I want, to, want you to consider... Um, the grace of God for those folks that you're sitting with in your pastoral office, at your church building, your home, or at Panera, or wherever you're at talking with, with people. You know, obviously, it needs to be in a private place if you're talking about private matters. But as you're talking with people and counseling them, giving counseling, and just simply listening to them, you need to remind them of the grace of God. The grace of God. For those who are dealing with guilt confusion and grief confusion, this this whole thing, they need to be reminded, and it's practical and it's helpful, that even if we don't feel comforted by the gospel of Jesus, we can take heart because there's grace for us even still. God's grace is not dependent upon us experiencing it or feeling it, I mean. Even if we don't feel it in a particular season, even if a person in the counseling chair doesn't feel the grace of God in the way they should feel the grace of God, God's grace is there for them in their pain. So even when we feel like the Holy Spirit is absent, He's present. And grace is not dependent upon its apprehension. We don't have to apprehend it or comprehend it in a particular moment. God's grace and his favor, if we are sons and daughters of God, is simply there because Jesus' presence is there. Jesus is with us. Okay? And then I want to talk to you about justice and restoration. But first, I want to remind you about a couple things. The Shepherd's Creek Intensive is coming up. It's next month, May 14th through the 16th. We have about a month and one day or so. I'm actually recording this on Monday morning. I got behind some things and, 
and just woke up early this morning and recording recording here on the 15th of April. The 16th, 14th through the 16th of May will be the intensive, and we have some spots open still. We have four men that are going to be going right now. We have room available. We have room, I believe, for 10 men to come. We have a cabin booked in Van Buren, Missouri, and we're going to be talking about who is a pastor and what does a pastor do. And I want you to come. We're going to have great food. The food and lodging is going to be included in the price, and we're going to have two float trips down the river. Conferences are great, but this intensive is going to be intense. We're going to have a lot of time together to talk about pastoral ministry, life, just with each other, and and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I encourage you to come. We'll take the canoe trips. It's just going to be a good time. So jump on the Shepherd's Creek dot co backslash intensive and you can read more about it and then it's the cost is just 175 dollars so it's really not that bad you do have to travel to get there but that covers food lodging the sessions and the float trips please consider coming now back to pastoral counseling and guilt and shame confusion okay so after you remind people of grace you always want to take people to grace there's a couple things if if you're dealing with somebody that has been sinned against a victim who is who needs healing they don't need to repent of being sinned against. They need healing. They need restoration. They need hope. I bring them to a couple places that I found helpful. And and maybe or maybe not, this may this usually is a long road walking with people. But people need to be reminded of the justice of God. In the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, we can bring people to a place those who are living in this guilt confusion and shame confusion, we can blink bring them into a place of stability. And the gospel, because the gospel of Jesus, it tells us that sin is punishable by death. So sin will be punished by death and by hell. So no sin that's ever been committed against them ever goes unseen. God sees every single sin that's been committed against them and God is wrathful towards it. And evildoers who violate God's moral law, those who sinned against them, um, who violated God's moral revealed will against them. The abuser disobeyed God. And the cross and hell shows how God punishes sinners. It shows how he feels about that. What he does about that. And he's not passive about it. And we just need to remind people that God sees and God does more than see. He sees all that he decrees and he takes care about it. And there will be justice for the sins that happened against you. And then secondly, something so powerful is that restoration is coming. You know, when people have been sinned against, they're innocent in some way. We know that nobody is innocent in the sense that we're innocent before God. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But those who have been sinned against have had innocence restored. Those who have been violated through sexual abuse or physical abuse or something like that as a child or as they were growing up or even just any sorts of abuse that happens, that is a wrong that's been committed against them. And there's something of them that's been taking, taken away that in this lifetime is hard and really can't ever get back. You can get healing, but you can't get that innocence restored in this lifetime. But in 1 Corinthians 15, we're promised that one day we have a bodily resurrection that's coming, resurrected bodies. And what we can encourage people with is, hey, what you have been taken, what's been taken from you, that innocence lost, it will be restored. Jesus will actually give your innocence back. God, in giving us and restoring our bodies, restored joy, restored innocence, it's there. We'll have what's been taken from us given back. 
And so these these internal knots that people are dealing with, these these this confusion of, of not knowing how to move forward, we're, we're being just kind of stopped in a place where I, I don't know, I'm just going to continue to perpetuate because I don't know how to handle this, perpetuate the hurt that's been committed against me. It may not be the same kind of hurt, but it's going to come out in different ways through anger or bitterness or, or frustration or a short temper. And for those who have been struggling through that and don't know, if they can be reminded that, hey, God sees the grace of God is upon you right now, and justice, the justice of God is coming for those evildoers, and restoration is coming. Son or daughter of God, you'll get your innocence back. That's how powerful the good news of Jesus is. And we simply need to be patient and remind people of truths like these. And those internal knots in this lifetime, hopefully, the internal knots that people walk with, by the grace of God, they, they begin to be untied a little bit. And over time, as we're walking with people in our congregations, over time, it can be incredibly awesome to see God work and for restoration to come and for those knots to begin to be untied and for people to not perpetuate, for, for the pain that's been committed against people, for that to end with their generation. God, may it be. We want to see that. And for the for those who struggle, and, and as you're sitting in the counseling chair across from them, and you're talking to them about the grace of God and the restoration of God and the justice of God, and if they are unmoved... It may be session after session of meeting with them where they just seem completely unmoved in blank stare. Well, you know what? There's even more grace. There's just more grace. And just we just come back to this truth. Like We really believe that all who come to Jesus, who are burdened and heavy laden, all who come to him will find rest. And Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We want to bring people over and over and over again to Jesus. That's just simply what we want to do. So be encouraged. Be patient with people. Walk with them and remind them of the grace of God, the justice of God, and the restoration that's coming. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.